Welcome to the Small Business Saturday Podcast. Hello and welcome to the first Small Business Saturday podcast, which aims to not only keep you in touch with all the developments in this year's campaign and how you and your business can get involved, but also to include some features of general interest to small business owners like you. In this podcast, we'll be looking at the burgeoning pet sector in the UK and also what makes Belfast the most small business friendly city in Europe. We begin today by being able to confirm that this year's Small Business Saturday will take place on Saturday, December the 3rd, so put the date in your diaries now. And as we begin the build-up to the fourth Small Business Saturday, we asked Campaign Director Michelle Ovens what she's learnt about the small business sector over the past three years. I've learnt an awful lot over the last three years. One thing I would say that um, I've learnt the most is that although it is a sector it is by no means uh, one one amorphous thing there are many many different kinds of small business um, in the UK doing doing very different things and with very different views on things I just assume that they all think the same uh, and find different ways to engage with them. How do you measure the success of Small Business Saturday? Well ultimately the success is small business seeing more sales seeing more customers come through the door um, and we measure, we measure that in lots and lots of different ways. We, um, we do research post day. We also look at footfall and, and how it's increased year on year. We look at spend and how that's increased year on year. And we look at um, engagement as well and engagement from small businesses, engagement from consumers. And that might be across traditional media, across, across social media. Um, and of course, we look at um, huge amounts of case studies, small businesses telling us in detail quite how it's changed their, their sales. And we've had businesses come back to us and say, we sold out before Christmas. We had such a, a great big boon in sales. So, um, so that's really the measure of the success. So why do you think the campaign's been as successful as it has been? I think that the I think that the British public really has a great affection for small businesses. And I think that tapping into that affection I think has been has been really important. But I think also the small businesses themselves really make the campaign. I mean, we, we have our Small Business 100 every year. We pick 100 um, small businesses to, to profile over the course of the campaign. And what that really demonstrates is the depth and breadth of, of small businesses um, from you know one-man bands up to, um, to much bigger small businesses doing all kinds of different and exciting things. And, um, and I think that, that people have really engaged with that and, and found something amongst that 100 businesses. There's something for everyone. So what are the aims for this year's campaign? Well, we continue every year, of course, to get to get bigger and, and better, um, to, to do everything that we do just a little bit better and to reach more people. And by that, I mean more small businesses and get them engaged, but of course, more, more of the public to get them out um, supporting small businesses. And this year, we're talking a lot about um, community and small businesses really are a very strong community, whether they are um, selling to consumers in their uh, hometown or whether they're a B2B sale. And that um, small business community working with each other, selling to each other, supporting each other, um, is hugely important to the long-term success of small businesses in the country. So really focusing on that community side is a big goal for us this year. So Michelle Evans, the Campaign Director for Small Business Saturday there.
Now, earlier this year, Belfast was named as the most small business-friendly city in Europe, according to FDI magazine, which is part of the Financial Times Group. It's the second time the city has secured the coveted title, so we spoke to two Belfast business owners, Chris Souter of Belfast Taylor mm-hmm. Souter Menswear and Kyle Gawley, CEO of Get Invited, which enables you to sell tickets and manage and promote your event online to find out what they think makes a city small business friendly and why Belfast has so much going for it. I started by asking Kyle what he thinks characterises the city as a great place to do business. Okay, so I think there's two main things. One is a good, strong entrepreneurial ecosystem, which has a network of experienced entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs, also regular events, networking, and access to talent and resources, capital from angel and institutional investors it always helps. And secondly, um, I think the city's going to have you know, a great buzz around business and entrepreneurship. People have to be excited about what's going on um, in order to make things happen and create opportunities. So what does Chris Souter think makes Belfast such a great place for small businesses and startups? Well, n- not that I want to talk any other cities down, but one, one thing that we do excel in is customer service and the welcome. You know, when you come to Belfast, no matter what shop you go into, no matter where you go, you'll get well served, you'll get greeted with a smile. Um, we are probably one of the most friendly races on the... Uh, definitely the most friendly race in the UK, never mind the world. So I think Belfast, the, the Belfast people are what makes Belfast so great. You know, it's, it's, it's very much a people-orientated city. And the fact that you've got those diversity of businesses as well, then that coupled with the people that are serving you and the people that are in the city, I think it's a great recipe for a great place to do business. So I asked Kyle Gawley, is there a newfound confidence around Belfast at the moment? Belfast has come a long way in the past five or ten years. Uh, we're you know, quite a reserved country, but... Um, entrepreneurship is definitely on the rise, and we hear more and more success stories every day, which you know, really helps to motivate people. There's definitely a huge sense of camaraderie at the moment, where people genuinely want to see other people doing well and putting Northern Ireland on the map, not just in the business world, but you know, in sport as well. We have the likes of Carl Frampton, Rory McIlroy, who are making the headlines every week, and I think you know, these big successes help to show people that, you know, despite being a wee city and a wee country, you know, we can still do big things on the world stage. Chris Souter agrees. Yeah, Belfast is kind of riding the crest of a wave. And obviously we're, we're, a, we're a post-conflict city, so we've come out of the, the dark the dark place that we were in, you know, sort of 20, 25 years ago. And we've been steadily building on the all the good news stories that we have. And, you know, Belfast bats way out of its league in a whole lot of different areas. Its, it's restaurants are excellent. Um, its retail diversity is superb. It's, it's locale. It's excellent. It's very, very close to airports. It's, it's close to all the good parts of Northern Ireland that you want to go and see. It's, it's a great base for people to come to and actually visit as well. So, and again, I'm coming come back to the people again. The, the people in Belfast are just such a great bunch. And, you know, it's... It's, it's very important that the, the people within the city are promoting the city in the right way and that whenever you've maybe a tourist come over or somebody come over to do business, that they go away with a feeling of that, that they've been served and that that's a nice place. I'm going to go back there. I like that. So I think Belfast does very, very well at that. One of the factors that got Belfast its recognition was the proportion of high-tech businesses in the city. I concluded by asking Kyle Gawley what he attributed this to. I think we have a very strong talent pool here in that sector so 
Um, and compared to the likes of San Francisco or London, you know, the talent here costs a fraction of the price due to the, the lower cost of living. We also have two big universities in the city that, you know, offer world-renowned courses around technology. Um, so there's a constant stream of new talent being fed into the ecosystem. So my thanks to Chris Suter and Kyle Gawley. And if you would like to find out more about their businesses, you can take a look at their websites at thebelfasttailor.com and getinvited.to, respectively. Now, did you know that some 12 million UK households have pets, with around 8.5 million of those being dogs? In fact, us pet-loving Britons spend around £5 billion a year on our pets, on everything from diets and beauty treatments to exercise regimes and designer outfits, making pets an attractive, growing market for small business owners. We wanted to find out more about the sector. I started by asking Jen Ives of Grippy Leads to tell us a little bit about her business. We make dog leads to our own unique design, matching collars and bespoke products to order as well. And we're based in Cornwall, where all our products are designed and made. The Grippy idea was born whilst out walking one day with our lovely boxer dog, Pablo. As we were walking along, we were just chatting about how it would be good to have a lead with some kind of loops that you wouldn't have to wrap it around your hand to shorten it, which has safety issues as well. So that's how the idea for Grippy Leads was brought about. Do you have any previous pet sector business experience, or was this a complete, a complete sort of new direction? Not at all, yeah. This was completely new for us. It wasn't um, planned at all in any way. It was just one of those ideas that came about. Um, so, yeah, that's how Grippy Leads came about. No real planning. It just sort of happened. Also joining us is Lisa Morton from Woof and Brew, which makes healthy herbal teas, tonics and treats for dogs. I asked them how they got started. We started the business around three years ago with the launching a range of the herbal teas which was the first doggy tea bag ever made and over the three years we've extended the range into tonics and treats as well and so our our biscuits have herbal tea infused in them as well i would say we're a small business um but growing in what is quite a difficult retail market at the moment we are venturing overseas more and more um our products in the uk are in 500 independents and the largest multiples It's only in relatively recent years that the pet sector has expanded to such an extent. What does Jen Ives of Grippy Leeds attribute that to? I believe a lot of it comes down to the media. There are an increasing amount of pet and dog behaviour programmes on TV and Britain is known as a nation of dog lovers and they really are treated as a family member and rightly so. So as a result, luxury items and accessories seem to have gone from being few and far between to the norm. Our product sits nicely between two brackets as it's both practical and an attractive quality item. Also, there are more and more pet and dog shows being held throughout the country as well, reflecting people's passion for their animals. Lisa Morton from Woof and Brew agrees. The market is continually growing um, and the, the pet sector is worth around $85 billion globally, so it really has has grown. And I would say that the majority of that is down to pets are now seeing as being a big part of the family. And we know that 87% of dog owners 
do see their pets as part of the family. And I would also put that down to the fact that there's there's been a birth of the fur baby. Um, people are leaving, having children later, and so their pets become, you know, their, their sort of substitute baby. Or when people's children have flown the nest and they, they get a dog as another part of the family. So I think from a consumer point of view, it's the emotional aspect. And then from a company's point of view and a market, people have taken the opportunity to commercialise what really is humanisation of pets. So what advice would the guys give to people considering starting a business up in the pet sector? Jen Ives. Um, I think market research has to prove that there is a demand. In my experience, there has to be a genuine passion and belief in your business. To know that our product is benefiting so many is really rewarding. And you need to have the whole package from learning how to research to marketing, manufacturing and providing your service. It helps to be a people person too, for sure. Um, you need to be prepared to put all the hours into your business. A nine-to-five working hours kind of is non-existent, really. It's more of a 24-7, be prepared to work all the hours. And what's Lisa Morton's advice? First of all, make sure you've got all the legal stuff covered. Um, we went through a process of making sure all of our products were approved by DEFRA in terms of wording as well on packaging and on websites. Um, that's very important. I would say find something unique because um, it's quite a saturated market. So if you look at dog biscuits and sort of healthy treats, there's been an explosion of those brands launched. Um, so you have to find something that is going to give you a point of difference. And that may be the type of biscuit, for instance, the name, um, or a unique product like we launched. One thing I would really say is don't give away free samples um, because by doing that, you're basically taking the value away from, from the brand. For us, we... we questions every day about can we send free samples so we developed a sample pack that is you know a very small price i think 199 um which would have three tea bags in so that when people ask us <clears throat> can we have a sample we've, we've got a nice answer to give them without having to give away free stock both also agree that feedback from customers is invaluable here's jen since launching our products that we've had really amazing feedback from people with arthritis and grip strength problems and wheelchair users that the uniqueness of our design is really helping them to get out and walk their dogs as well which is just fantastic. What kind of feedback has Lisa had about their products? Well we have had um, great responses on all of them actually but um, in particular our anxiety blend um, works very well we've had lots and lots of great feedback on that our happy lawns product which um, stops the urine burns in lawns um, has gone down extremely well well my wife will probably tell you that we could do with those for me let alone the dog uh, our thanks to jen ives and lisa bolton and if you want to find out more about either of their businesses you can do so uh, online at grippyleads.co.uk and at woofandbrew.com well, that's almost the end of our first podcast. Thanks for giving us your time and we hope you've enjoyed it. You can also keep in touch with the campaign and all the ways in which your business can be involved by visiting the website smallbusinesssaturdayuk.com and by following us on Twitter and Instagram at smallbizbizsatuk and on Facebook at Small Business Saturday UK. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>